Yeah, the yeah. copy maker wasn't yeah. working, so I had to do, oh, yeah. go back to the old yeah, uh, yeah. manual drippy thing. So that was it delayed me. I'm trying to write the for you people here. who guess, for you uh, people who just joined us. Um, Dan Duran is in a another. Uh, uh, course of denial and right. uh, uh, what does he always do he uh, I deflect right? deflect he deflects <laughs> and misdirects he doesn't want us anywhere near his play and all we want to do is support <laughs> oh that's not true at all I'm just I was just trying to focus on because I'm late on you know writing and now here are two men something or other right I get the impression uh, this play with Dan uh, he'd rather bleed out the ass than uh, do this play <laughs> That is so not true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a no, little I've bit challenged. No, I'm you're... feeling, I'm feeling uh, like excited about it, but it's also a challenge. Well, so. I'll tell you how many times I've lost track of the number of times Dan said, I'd rather bleed out my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get it, though. Right. I mean, there was a long time when I came back to doing stand-up. I didn't want anyone to come and watch. You kept saying to me, Fred... When can I come and see you? And I said, I don't know, I don't like people to, you know, especially that, because you never know if it's going to go well. And if it doesn't go well, then you got to talk to people after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's, true. it's humiliating. I'm, you know, when I was on my sabbatical and, uh, you know, unemployed for a while there and I used to do my blog and then people with at radio stations would ask me to come on. Um, you know, a few in southern Southern Ontario. I would never pre-promote them <laughs> in case they didn't go well. Same thing. I would not pre-promote them, and then if they went well, then I would take the recording and put it on my on my uh, website. So I, I know what yeah. that's all about. Yeah, but in that um, okay, I it's not quite analogous because in the case of you Why? going, <laughs> well, Why? Why? Why you? Holy fuck, man. No, I, okay, very, I just thought that was just very a, immature. A Fred story. It's I what? Explain uh, how I'm off here. What was your, I'm sorry, what did you say? Me? Yeah, just yeah, now. Explain how, why, how I'm off with the analogy. Because someone of your high skill level, you know, going and, and, and barking into, onto a, into a phone on someone's radio show, how could it not go well? And same with you, Dan. Like, Thank you. Hmm. Well, no, but it's, I mean, I'm not trying to say the stakes are higher in stand-up, but they are. Oh, they are. Because I mean, it's kidding? only. Cause it's Go only, ahead, say it. Well, it's because it's pass-fail. You know, and yeah. eventually mm-hmm. I calmed down enough and I had people, Dan used to come and watch me and I, I would, I got to the point where I was confident enough. I mean, you, I, you came and see, saw me a bunch of times. And it didn't always go amazing, but it went okay. But Dan's case, again, is like you. You're, you're an amazing presence. You're a, you have a beautiful voice. And I can't imagine that you, it wouldn't go anything but, but nicely. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. Um, and, I'm, and, and, and let's not mischaracterize this as me not wanting people to come uh, or embarrassed just not about us. doing it. You're totally welcome to come. Hmm. It is a uh, play. It's a one-act play. Yeah, it's quite cha- like if if uh, anybody had to memorize this play, they would be very challenging because it's. Uh, if you see the play, you'd, you'd understand what I'm talking. In about. A lot of words. 
Yeah, there's a lot of words that what I'm you know, there are words on a page and I'm used to reading things into a microphone and everywhere. So that's not the, the, the challenge is just remembering every every scene. There's so many little tiny scenes and repetition and uh, yeah. all the blocking arcs uh, and, and, and blocking. You have to go from one blocking. side of the stage and then you I'd lean in and yeah. kiss Lisa. Ah, la 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 la. See, I was going to ask a question, and now I'm not, after what you mm. just described, and I'll tell you what the question was going to be, but I'm <laughs> so not I'm an official. I was going to say, when you talk about it being challenging, how can it be that challenging when you're actually reading the words, you know, they haven't been memorized, you're reading them right out of a book, but you just explained... Yes. Situation. What if you drop the fucking book at some point? No, we've already oh, talked gonna, about I, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm putting a. Uh, it's going to be. A, I'm putting a hole through the the one corner of it, and then if I drop it, then it'll still be in the same page. Well, have, they won't scatter <clears throat> anyway. Why don't you have like an idiot mitten type thing where it's you know it's tied to your waist or something? So if you. <laughs> The drop it just hangs right there, and you can grab it quickly. Like one of those janitor keychains. No, exactly. It's like you get a you get a hook, a, a, a ring, and then you put it through the binder of the thing, and then you attach that yeah. janitor styles. Yeah. Yeah. What did you call and, it? A what? An idiot? Did you? Um, you called it an idiot. That may be an Eastern term. You guys don't know. Remember those mittens kids would yes. have, and they were joined by a string. Of course. Right. We used to call those idiot mittens. <laughs> like an idiot would have to have that. I'm, I'm like nobody sure. wanted idiot mittens. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had mum to have the the two mittens attached to each other and have a line run across your back or whatever the hell it was. I'm pretty sure I had to have those. And ma- ma- I did mainly because I lo- I lost everything. I lost everything. Yeah. By the way, speaking of that, you know, you ever notice on online and in social media, you know, no one gives a shit about grammar or punctuation or spelling, but that's one of the big mm-hmm. ones that I see. Wow. Pretty smart people screw up. They they substitute the word loose, L O S E for lose. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm surprised how often that comes up. And again, not in just in actual like real com, con. Um, I was going to say conversations in correspondence with people. No, I know they get that word mixed up. Yes, I've noticed that as well, Howard. Yes. Anyway, back to Dan Duran. Uh, anyway, I here's the thing. I'm I wanted to come when I. I just don't know that I can make it this weekend because I got to be in Niagara Falls Sunday and Monday, and I wouldn't be able to get there till late Saturday. But uh, what about the DVDs? Will there be DVDs? <laughs> Will there? Well, there be a yeah. collection. There's a, yeah, there's a there's a full uh, mobile out there. That's, uh, Are they going to be filming this for your special? Is this your Netflix? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a closed circuit. Uh, you know how they have a security thing for the stage or whatever? Mm. So the backstage people can see what's on front of this. I'm sure there's a recording of that somewhere that'll be done. Well, listen, man, I don't want to spend the whole week mocking your play because I think it's cool that you're doing it. I think we want as many people that we can, you know, to get them to go. I just don't know yeah, that it's... What's that? Yeah, you just don't know if it's for you. I, I, I definitely want to go. Just don't I know it. if I can. So what percentage of, what's your deal? What percentage of the ticket sales do you get? So <laughs> what? If it's 10 bucks a ticket, what do you get? Yeah, Dan, what's uh, your end on that? The, yeah, I get nothing. This is a volunteer thing, and these play readings are more of a fundraiser for the uh, big productions that they put on. So right, so that system. Donating my time right. to. Okay. All right, so this show was good practice for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me a script. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Howard missed that. I'm sorry, I did. I, I was just trying to... Gr- Dan was gr- saying he gets yes. nothing. He gets nothing. He's doing it for the, out of the goodness of his heart and to support the f- Theater Guild. And yeah, I, I said, heard well, that. this show was good practice for that. <laughs> yeah. is- oh, I hate repeating. <laughs> oh, I know. It's terrible for you. Um, we're going to get into... Well, you saw this. I can't remember. Is this a guest list Monday? I guess we don't. But it's just, it's just us today. Yeah. We got a lot to get through. We got a lot of we got stuff to unpack. Um, just before we came on the air, I had this notion. For some reason, this weekend I couldn't stop singing the Dan Duran Anchorman song. Actually, how it started was I I was surprised by how many of the words I knew. Like I couldn't have told you how it started. Of course, we all you know this, and and it and it's interesting too to me that this came up in conversation with somebody else who said I couldn't get that out of my head. The uh, Dan Duran Anchorman, uh, my boy, said. No, that's the start of it. Hang on, here we go. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. It's the next part, which is called the. Everyone did a version of this on TikTok and social media. It was called the Barristers or the. I don't know. There's a name for it. What do you mean, Barristers? It doesn't matter. Okay. And I said to Dan while you were getting your coffee, I said to you know, we should try this. If we got Pete on the show. I think it would be cool if he taught us the different parts like they do in those TikTok videos and such where all you get all the four different parts. Fred would be probably the alto or the, you know, you're the higher voice. Mm-hmm. Dan and I could be tenor and bass. Pete could be somewhere in the middle. I thought it might be fun for us to do this live one day just to see if we could be taught it. Because I, you know, I don't have a great, it would just be fun. Well, everybody can sing along. Everyone can sing along. Yeah, find and your we, part, and we would learn, have an, learn with choir master Pete. Uh, Pete, and then uh, and we would have another version of this. And this is the part be the uh, the this this guy. Dan Duran, the Anchorman, comes has four credentials. He has none. Can tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the Anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he has a big wang, so he don't care. His voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. Now you see, wouldn't that be fun? Now where where were you? Where will you fit into that? Are you the? Let me hear a little bit of Fred. Because you weren't singing there because you're shy. But how would your part be, do you think? Dan Duran, the Anchorman can. I'd be somewhere up there, right? Yeah. I would think so. Yes. And then I could be a little... Uh, I would, <clears throat> Dan, good to me right Dan Duran, the Anchorman comes. As for credential, he has none. Dan, so it's Dan Duran, the Anchorman comes. Let's try that. Dan, yeah. uh, count us in. <laughs> Three, two... One. Dan, 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 Dan Duran. The Anchorman. As, can we not do it all at the same fucking time? Three, two, one. Dan, Dan, Dan Duran. The Anchorman. Is it because we're on delay? <laughs> it's the pacing. It's pacing. Why are you guys so slow? 
Three, one, two, three, four. Dandoran. Anchorman. Why don't we do this? Faster than that. Let's do it along with the thing. Here we go. Dandoran. The Anchorman comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a man I'm from his bum, and his voice is high and low. The Anchorman's here. As for credentials, off his chair, and he has a big wangs that he don't care, and his voice is high and low. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, we By need the way, we need someone like need someone, to yeah. really pull it well, together. Listen, yeah, we had the words right in front of us. We could just we could bang this off now, really. <clears throat> right. Well, let's uh, let's do this another day then. Oh, let's move on from that. Holy crap! Dad is just like, come on, guys, I got to get shit Dan. done. Okay, Dan, let's make this simple. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Oh, I know who he wants to talk about, Pierre Poliev, because he sent me a message. Oh, I saw that, too. I, I'm sorry. I was here. Here's the thing. I'm the only one of the four of us that were on that chat. It was you, Darren, Dan, and, and me. Right. And I can't respond all because I don't have an iPhone. So if I respond, I responded to Fred the next day when I, I saw it late and I was on my way to sleep. I just saw that you were indignant, Dan. About mm-hmm. Pierre Polyev, and I thought we could, you know, get to that today at some point. Okay. But, of course, there's yeah. a bunch of stuff between that and now. Oh, no, no, so, I know. And I think Tony's on tomorrow, I believe. Uh, no, I've, Jackie is on. Oh, Jackie's on. Right, okay. I did send Tony a note, though. Did you see the uh, note about well, so golf? Did I. Yours was much nicer than mine. Well, I, did, I, I was just sending the note about golf. No, I know, but you said congratulations. Yeah, I said congratulations on right. your buddy getting elected. What am I going to do? Yeah, Get well, and he was part of the machine. Yeah. And then I sent him a note on Saturday night saying, oh, the liberals were just, uh, the liberals just won the next election. Great. <laughs> and he got back to me and said, well, I, you know, we can agree to disagree. And yeah. I said, oh, okay. I, I actually don't think they have, but that's for later, okay? Yeah. I don't think this is, uh, this is just a, doesn't matter what I think. Um, well, I, yeah, I hope I'm wrong. It matters later. It matters later. Well, it'll matter. Yeah, what I think later. now, what I'm going to say later, might matter, matter later, <laughs> but I, I didn't have the uh, reaction that Dan Duran did. But um, before we uh, start the show, and I just want to say this respectfully, Dan, that um, I believe, you know, we have spent too much time recently leaning on your wiener as a, a source material and go-to. that uh, what's that go to it's the go to <laughs> and uh, right. and if any part of you is uh, you know you're fatigued of it I don't know we will we will certainly endeavor to to leave it alone there's so much else to discuss in our friendship that you know I mean I At think least, well what happened was there was a real lull there for a while and then Fred saw it and then that brought it back so <laughs> Okay. You know, well, once that really did spur a whole couple of days of you've seen his wiener and then mm-hmm. some wiener jokes. Okay. Right. The yeah, problem is we <laughs> cut out Dan's wiener from the show. Then what? The show is 35, 40 minutes. Then. That's it. <laughs> right. Is that long enough? <laughs> is what long enough? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but I just want you to know that that subject resonates with our listeners. Here's how I know. I was with one of our listeners. I'll just tell you who it was. Rudra Rishi Maharaj. 
on Friday, we were playing a lovely round of golf early in the day. I thought I lost my rangefinder. It was a whole thing, but I, it doesn't matter. So Rudra and I are just in the cart together, and we're having a wonderful time, three, four, five holes in. It's a beautiful sunny morning. And on the next fairway, we see uh, one of the workers uh, hand um, washing, hand uh, sprinkling one of the greens. What am I saying? Hosing down one of the greens. And he's got a huge industrial hose, and there's a huge plume of water shooting out of this hose. And we can both we both sort of see it at the same time. It's on the green next to us. And Rudra, with no prompting from me, he says, oh, look, Dan Duran's having a leak. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <clears throat> and I said, Rudra, come on, That's man. Rude. That's Rudra. But just like that, Dan, it was a reference. <clears throat> he, and I, I, I sort of saw it, guy with a huge plume of water, Dan Duran having a leak. Just so you know. Mm. Yeah. Legendary. Legend. Yeah. It's the thing that led <clears throat> to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. We're uh, talking about not talking about this. This is what we're doing. (laughs) All right. You know what? I think Dan's got a good point. Let's move on. This episode of Hubble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Hubble and Fred Studios in Toronto, beautiful Brampton, and from the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and Health Gauge. And now, here are two men who wished for a new monarchy and got Polyev. It's Humble and Fred. Dun, 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 dun. I just kept sending Fred. Uh, anytime anything happened the last few days, first thing I say to him is uh, Josh Allen should be king. Buffalo Bills uh, quarterback. And then, uh, what's that, Freddie? Yes. I agree. And then... Uh, when you were all upset about Pierre Polyev, I told him uh, Josh Allen should be in charge of the uh, country. Yes. be our new prime minister. That's your go-to. That's your go-to, yeah. yeah. Josh Allen. Then. Josh Allen. Uh-huh. I know you don't care, Dan, but the, uh, the Queen's... Is it the Queen City? Buffalo is the Queen City? Uh, this is what they say, yes. The Queen City Bills put on a nice show there Thursday night. And, it was uh, a joy to watch. And, it was, I, and I don't... And you can tell me the truth. Like, I, I sent you a couple of messages during the game. And if, that, if you find that at all annoying, I'll stop. I just like the idea that I know you're watching the same thing I'm watching. And I like, right. I, I'm, I'm trying to be like some camaraderie. But if, you don't, if it annoys you, I, I, would, I would stop in a second. Howard, it, it doesn't annoy me. I think I it mean, annoys you. Do you call that real-time texting or whatever? Yeah. Whatever the term yeah, is. Yeah, I like, I like to fav- comment. Not my favorite me thing. Neither. But, me neither. Me um, neither. No, it's, I think it's sweet that you do that because, you know, like Dan needs it. Look what, look at look what that brings to your life. Becoming a Buffalo Bills fan, the joy you got on Thursday night watching him. Well, what he threw for three touchdowns, ran for another. Well, like, he's ridiculous. And that straight arm. By the way, completes completes the first ten throws yeah. of the game. Now look at you have that in your life now. Dan doesn't. <laughs> But no, I'm, so I'm, the thing is, it's brought so much joy to you that I, I'm more than happy if you're, you know, loving it and you text me. What's it's no big. Yeah, but here's the thing: like when I'm watching a tournament on Sunday ish, my brother Tim O'Connor, both of my brothers, a couple other guys, will start to engage me in real time texting. Yes, and I find it annoying. 
It thing. can be bothersome. <laughs> One or t- like, and I do. I, and that's why I, I, like, here's the thing. I say a few, I think I sent you two or three messages. Mm-hmm. Mainly just to say some goofy shit like Josh Allen should be the king. But also, you know, I wanted to just express the, how neat I thought it was. Right. There should be a rule. Um, what I don't like is when they go on and on. Yeah. And it's like, or if there's more than two people and it's, everybody's trying to out thought or out funny everybody. And it's like, ah, okay. You know, if they ask me why I've bowed out, I'll say, you know, somebody came to the door or, you know, I'm bleeding <laughs> out right. but, You're, oh, um, somebody, or what was it, the second one? What? Or, or I'm bleeding out my yeah, ass. But, yeah, my, yeah. Somebody came to the door and saw a trail of blood that came from my asshole. Now I have so, to leave. There should be a rule that each guy gets, you know, two texts yeah. in, the, in two replies or something. You well, know? and that's what I thought. I didn't need you to reply to everything. I wasn't like, hey, what do you think of that, Freddie? No, I, I, I'm just, yeah. I just thought, um, I think I wrote you. Yeah, no, there was a couple. Oh, no, these, there was a couple of texts between us. I forgot about these ones. These weren't during the, the uh, th- this was in the afternoon. I wrote, uh. What is that noise? Is that rain? Yeah, it's rain alternate. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Well, it's all right. Oh, it's raining at the lake. Oh, it's lovely, actually. That's how. It is cool. Mm-hmm. I sent Fred... Um, uh, I'll send it to Dan, too. It's the cover of uh, Charlie's book. It's really cool. Oh, yeah, it was cute. Yeah. You know Charlie, Dan? I do. I'm looking forward to seeing. Are you, are you texting it right now? I'm going to do it in a second. Um, okay. So the first thing I said to Freddie in the day was, Theo Fleury probably thinks Queen Elizabeth died because she was vaxxed. Yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, hey, listen, that's not a stretch. I said that's that to Freddie. And then I said a terrible thing that I will not... Re- by the way, I can't read those next two. Why? Because they're, they're in poor taste. Would they have been 10 years ago? I don't know. You know, I'll just let's pause for a second. There's a, a guy at the golf course that likes our show, listens to it all the time. Yeah. And he said to me this weekend, he goes, hey, he said, you guys be nice on Monday. I said, what? He says, you know, respectful, you know, the queen. And I said, oh, wow, right. I guess we've got a bit of a rep. <laughs> and I said, here's the thing about us. We'll we'll have some fun with the aspects you know, of it that, and I said, but we'll also, we're not stupid. And I, I, I think there's a lot to be discussed in the historical, the history that was, that she lived through. I find that part fascinating, you know, whether, and whether you think the monarchy should be there or not, it's there. And unlike religion, Dan, it's real. And, uh, but, uh, so I, should I read what I wrote you? I, um, I, uh, basically it was bad. I, I don't know what you're about to read, but go ahead. Well, I just, uh, I said something like, Charles is right, currently having, you Oh, know, right. What's wrong with that? You can say that. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, but I'm not my, uh, not, <laughs> not my reply. Oh, no. okay. No. All I said was, Charles is, is currently joy-fucking horsey face, even as we speak. I mean, that's what you say to friends. And then Fred yeah, responded. Say. Fred responded with something horrible, even more horrible. And then I said, now you've made it weird. Mm-hmm. And then I said, Josh Allen should be king. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. And that was really it. Uh, and then I just kept saying, should have been Josh Allen. 
Um, so, all by way of saying, I enjoyed the game. I watched uh, most of it. I, uh, I paused for a few. Like, during the half, I went back to uh, watching some of the highlights of the golf tournament from the UK that was, they, you know, interesting. They, uh, they shut down a lot of events in the UK, including that golf tournament that was, sus- they literally suspended play. People were called off the course and a whole bunch of other soccer events were football events were shut down. And I couldn't help but think if they had asked the queen, do you want all these sporting events shut down? Do you want all this stuff to grind to a halt? She would have said, no, I don't think so. People should be able to carry on. That's what she would say. <laughs> okay. Right. So Again, what, what I'm, 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 I'm curious. I don't think so. It, who was that speaking? <laughs> I, I don't that, think was, that was Queen Elizabeth queen. II, Howard. I have that nailed. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, first time I went to the UK, I was with my friend Dan Duran. That was the uh, trip we took where uh, he, on the plane, you know, left his camera and ended up uh, dating a psycho. Mm-hmm. Right. That was that trip. And oh, we, that trip, yeah. We yeah. were in London for the first time, and there were some punk rockers or, look, you know, guys with, you know, the spiky hair and whatever. And I was trying to be, you know, I didn't was trying to be um, congenial. And at one point, I said to one of these punk rockers, I said, hey, we're from Canada. Uh, your queen's on our money. And his response was, the queen's a fucking whore. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> the yeah. queen's a fucking whore. I was like, all right, well, have a nice day. Anyway. So you don't, okay. What'd you say there, Dan? You don't think she would have said that? No, she, because here's my, I mean, I don't know her, but I'm guessing you know? from, from guessing from everything that she's, she's always been about. And the monarchy is all about tradition yeah, I agree. and old, the old ways yep. and everything you, everything has its way of doing things. So. That is uh, the monarchy wouldn't exist if it didn't have this constant, you know, throwback to I, I totally all their tradition. Yeah, so and, and I'm and, sure that she would have gone. I, but I also think that Fred's got a point. I mean, that if you all the things you hear about her, read about her, that she was actually mm-hmm. a pretty down to earth yeah. human being who just yeah. enjoyed taking walks with her doggies. She would as a she would as a human being not want the pomp and circumstance, but she would understand as somebody that's was in in the office for seventy plus years that that stuff happens. Because of what Dan said, that it's a tradition, you know, whether she cared whether the BMW PGA championship was postponed today, but uh, it's all about that. Um, yeah. Should we, um, be, before yeah. we get into the queen? Yeah. Oh, here she comes. <laughs> and Dan, just, just stay here for a second or two. But Freddie, we do need to acknowledge we have a lot of people that are, that have traditionally supported this program. Mm. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. They've been around for 40 years. 30,000 Canadian, small Canadian businesses, part of this. Very simple to sign up. It's stable because 30,000 businesses, you know, it has the image of a huge company. Does it not? Smart thing to do if you're employees. They'll love you for it. You know, there's different levels of coverage, but, you know, generally prescriptions and dental things that people are looking for when they have a job, you know, that support they get from their company. Well, if you have a small company and thought it was not possible to support your people this way, well, you can. 
Okay, go to chamberplan.ca today, get a free quote. Yes, you can get a free quote today. It can happen that quick. Hey, and while you're there, read some of the testimonials how this has worked for other small businesses. Chamberplan.ca. And the Queen also endorses GoDaddy. Uh, GoDaddy, of course, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years, servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come and go to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. You can even start your website for free. That's free. No money, people. With GoDaddy, no credit cards even required. And there's no better time than now. You can find your domain, create your website with GoDaddy, and finally bring everything to life with GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 support. They're also here to help you every step of the way. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. And say what you will about whether the monarchy should or shouldn't exist. And we can just put that aside for a second. As a little Jewish boy growing up in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, uh, like yourselves in uh, Didsbury, Alberta, and Scarborough, Ontario. Our lives, we have never known a time in all our 180-plus years where Queen Elizabeth was not in charge of the throne, and as young little boys could not have... She, she was the queen. Before we became cynical, old, and tired, you know, I mean, there was a time that there was some reverence for the queen in our lives. I said that to Delise on Thursday. You know, she got out of the shower and I said, hey, you might want to get down here. I think the queen's on her way out. She hadn't, <laughs> she hadn't died yet. And then it was just moments after that that uh, I put the BBC on, by the way, which I, I thought it was the thing to do. And it was very interesting because it was a lot more, you know, close for lack of a better term. Sure. And I think the first thing, so we're sitting there watching it, and then this guy, this, uh, the the screen goes blank, and then this uh, um, credit or whatever you call it comes up and says, uh, you know, a special announcement, and this guy looks in the camera, and he pauses maybe for five or six seconds and then reads uh, the announcement that she is dead. And I said, you know, the first thing I said to Delise was, you know, that has been one constant in our life. Yeah. That's one thing that's always been there, and now it's gone. Every when, school, every school we went to, every hall yeah, we've ever been in. We're 66 years old, and this was a constant. She was always there and always sort of, again, you're right, part of our lives because Canada is, you know, tied to that. But, you know, you think about it, like, I, I'm not just the school I went to, but the hockey arenas that we used to go to concert hall everywhere her image um and not you know i like i tweeted i said this last this uh this latest season of the crown is kind of a bummer mm-hmm. but by the way they uh they paused production i think season four of the crown is coming up but they were in the middle of season five but the people at that production company also had an operation London would calling or whatever they're calling that they had literally uh, 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 some things in place that should she pass away during production what were they going to do similar to you know the operation that was obviously in place you know should she pass away 
Oh, those obituary. A lot of those obituary things were done long ago. Sure, but I'm saying you imagine the people producing a television show also mm-hmm. thinking, okay, yes. when she dies, we're going to need to because there's a lot of people involved. They need mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. Um, two days prior to her death, that was one of the things I thought was a very interesting and telling image of her as a person. And there she was meeting with the new prime minister, Liz Truss. Like uh, she was, this was, so she dies on Thursday, like on Tuesday, Dan, she was greeting the new prime minister Mm -hmm. as she has all the prime ministers for many, many years. I just thought, you know, that is sort of, again, say what you want about privileged lives and should people bow down and all that stuff. That's, that's a discussion for another day or even for this day. But at this moment, I think it's important to remember like that woman, you know, she could have cruised you know she could have she didn't need to be there on tuesday she was on her deathbed two days later you know i wonder if trust said "Ooh, there's that old person smell yeah oh yeah she probably came in and went is someone having soup because old people smell like soup is someone having chicken soup (laughs) sidebar to that another discussion i had with my wife who did some research and googled it old person smell is a real thing i know and it's something that through your skin or whatever. So now I'm super conscious of that. And so is Delise. It's like, at what point are we going to check each other for old people's smell? Yeah. Well, you can't really because you, you might both have it. So what do you bring the kids in and say, check us for old people's smell? Throw like, my pits. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but, you, Ed, can you imagine 96? Oh, yeah. He what smells. comes with that? Yeah, yeah, your entire body smells like an OXO cube. Why do you get old people smell? You just do, Dan. Your body's rotting from the inside. (laughs) Danny, Google it. Google it. Dan, you know, it's... Uh And and this is a true fact. You've seen my act. Literally, one of the first jokes I do is, uh, you know, know, maybe not know this, but some old people smell. They start to smell a little bit like soup, kind of like a brothy smell. Yeah. Yeah. Campbell's chicken uh, noodle. Yeah. Um, But I didn't know that was a thing. It's a thing, Dan. I mean, I thought it was more of a, hey, you know, uh, old people don't get out as much and they hibernate and their place starts to, you know, like uh, they don't clean enough or something. I don't know. I didn't think it had anything to do with some sort of biological, like, uh, uh, slow death thing. Dan, this is secondhand news. My wife told me this. I can't explain it right now, but. (laughs) Okay. I'll look it up. Mm -hmm. I'll Google it. Uh, I wrote to, maybe I wrote to Fred. I may may have not. I wrote to uh, a bunch of people. Charles' first words. It's about freaking time. <laughs> you know, like he, you, what, what was good. his first thought had to be finally, but also sad, you know. Hey, can I be serious here now and not to squash your joke? I get the impression that he really dreads this. I, I actually do. What I saw of him over the weekend and his speeches were pretty cool. I must say he can deliver a speech. Well, he's had a lot I of practice. I get the impression that, you know, this at this point in his life, it's not really what he wants, to yeah. be honest. Um, that's, again, just the impression I got. Uh, well, the, first of all, my joke was done. Secondly, um, it brings up an interesting uh, topic I wanted to, to share with you, too. That's why I wanted you to stay, because this whole idea of succession, succession, mm-hmm. I mean, that's an interesting... He, he's, since he was born... And for all of his 75 years, he's known that one day his mother will die mm-hmm. and that he will take over as the, as the monarch. But also, 
You can't, all the kids, that the kids and the other kids, they also know where they stand in line of succession. And it must be a weird thing, like, I'm sure it comes up that, you know, who's the next in line after Charles? Is it Harry? No, it's William. William, okay. So and William knows right now that probably sometime in his late 60s, he will become king. Well, how old is William now? William's 40. So, well, okay, yeah, maybe some, not even no, that. Not in even that. Late 50s, early 60s then, maybe. You know, because if uh, Charles lives to the average guy, like mid-80s, so that's 12 years. So, yeah, he'll be, I'll maybe in his 50s. So he'll be a relatively young king. As far as dreading the gig, I mean, he's wanted it for a long time. But at 75, you know, we got an 80-year-old president. We got a bunch of people in their mid-70s still out there, vibrant. I mean, maybe he just believes, you know, and again... He was born into this business. He knows that he's supposed to take over at some point. And then I thought yeah. about, uh, but again, those conversations about, you know, okay, if you die, then this happens. And then if you die, then I, but if you go first, I become the Prince of Wales. And then, like, I, do we have any plans like that here on the show? Like, what are our succession plans? Like, for instance, you guys are older than me. And I'm just going to say it. I hope you die before I do. <laughs> I know. And, and I know that sounds crazy, but I mean, I don't want to die before you two. Everyone because wants to live. Sense. Everyone wants to live as long as they can. Yeah. Right. You know, do you I, not? I do you hope the that, same thing? Yeah, exactly. I you live hope, longer than you guys. You, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Every one of the three of us hopes the other two dies first. <laughs> Just don't deny it because it's the truth. Everyone wants everyone else to die before they do, except your children and your dog. Mm -hmm. Right. Charles, yesterday in his speech, said he feels the weight of history right now. And that's, again, why I got the impression that, you know, it's 73 in the state of the world right now. Um, It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot to take on. You know, whatever that position is and what, you know, you're not supposed to be political and what have you. I, again, I just got that impression. So he's, you know, he's probably looking at a 10 to 12 year run, although he said as well on the weekend that like his mother, this is this is for the rest of his life. It's not like he's, you know, barring some maybe catastrophe or injury or whatever. He will hold this job until he dies. Mm-hmm. Um but he's he's getting it pretty late, like you know, not a lot of jobs, not a lot of jobs you have in this world where, no. well, we're gonna you're, we're you know you're starting off at seventy five, you got to go meet with HR, they bring you in, they get you, put you on the company insurance, and you know take you through the yeah. employee handbook and shit, you know. But you you know, look at Biden and Trump. That's right, same thing, eh? I mean, they choose obviously to take those jobs on, but Charles didn't have a choice, right? Maybe if he had to run for this job, or he wouldn't, he wouldn't run. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. What it's about just, this? Jeff? It's yours, whether you want it or not. One of the most famous songs, of course, uh, associated with the monarchy. God save our queen, Dan. Here's my question. I've heard it. Here's my question. What God? She got to ninety six, and God said, "Well, I've saved her enough. I'm done saving." Mm-hmm. Huh? Where's God now? Did God say, "Okay, Liz, saved you all this time. Mm-hmm. Now you're on your own"? I texted to somebody on the weekend. Uh, 
God didn't save the queen in this case. Mm -hmm. Same thing. How do you not think along those lines? And God saved the king yesterday, I heard, sung uh, sung for the first time. Seems a bit odd. Oh, did you? Are the words exactly the same? Except they go to... Oh, okay. So it's a gracious king then? Yeah, and... uh, Here's how old I am, or maybe you guys as well, but in public school, when I was a kid, that was the anthem, right? When you got up in the morning and... When God Save Our Queen? Yeah. It was the Lord's Prayer and God Save the the Queen. Yeah, I remember we belted that up. Yeah, and then we... I think in grade seven or eight, they dumped the Lord's Prayer, which was, in retrospect, great. But, uh, yeah, well, because listen, you, you may not have liked it, but imagine being a poor little Jewish farmer, you know, having to hear about Jesus and all this stuff. Oh, my God. Does that is that for me? Am I part of that? And then and then when uh, the anthem, I forget what year became our official anthem, then we switched over the over to uh, O Canada, probably 67, wouldn't it be? Uh, not sure. I mean, either. probably in around in around there. It makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Do you still have a $1 bill that instead of a serial number says 1967, 1867 on it? I do not. I do. My dad. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of money, when does that get changed over? When does the Queen's money? It does. Uh, there's no official um, rule as far as that go. And yeah. uh, the Canadian Mint says it has no plans of changing in the near future but you know over the past few years remember she used to be on all the bills yes now she's only on the 20 and the thousand i think but um well listen i'm not like you i'm not like you know ripping off a few crisp one thousand dollar bills but i will say this and i know whether it's time or not but see to me this is a great we're at a crossroads here this is a great time for canada maybe to back out of all this you know, money and association, like several other countries in the Commonwealth have over the years. Oh, that'll never happen. No. I think this is a good opportunity for that. That's all I will say when it comes to money as well. There's enough Canadians that can be on our money, like Gretzky. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's too much. Uh, there's the, That hill's too high to climb for the, you know, whether it's worth you know, you have to get a new constitution in order to make that happen, right? So mm-hmm. that means all the provinces and the federal government will have to, and the, everybody has to vote for a brand new constitution. Even though you you, you got to figure out how to how to do everything without the queen or the, the royalty in it, and nobody's going to agree to that. Stuff. Yeah. Well, other countries haven't. I think it's a real demographic thing. I, I mean, yeah, the the old guard might go. We should hold on, but the young up and comers, what do they care? It is well, interesting. Canada, aside, you know, seeing. You know, the, the the real grief from the people of the UK, mm-hmm. and I'm sure around the world as well, but just to sort of, I, I think a lot of people were grieving or paying respects, not for so much the current state of monarchy and what we're talking about, but just the idea that that woman, and I, and I, was, I know what I was going to say to you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to sound trivial, but it was it's true for me and maybe for you too that... Seeing that Netflix series, The Crown, really made me understand what it was like being The Crown much more than I think I ever did. And what it did for me is it gave me a bit of empathy for them as, as people. Yeah, I know they're privileged and, and all that other stuff. And, and, you know, you can debate whether they should or shouldn't have those positions. But the people that have those lives and, and how it affects them, like she was 26 years old. When she became queen, 
Well, I've got a 26-year-old. I don't think they can be queen. You know what I mean? It's a lot of responsibility. I'm just saying that that series gave me some empathy for them. Oh, and it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, they didn't ask for it, of course. And it, But it is amazing what a human being can do when they're yeah. in that position. You say you have a 26-year-old. Well, you might be surprised what she could do when put in that position. You know, there was a lot of neat stories over the weekend, too, about the Queen. She had a great sense of humor and the things she said and did. One of them I thought was cool. I think it was in in Scotland at Balmoral, and some Saudi prince came to visit. And she wanted to make a statement because in Saudi Arabia, apparently at the time, women could not drive. She asked the prince if he would like to go on a tour of the property, and he said yes. So they walked up to the vehicle and she got behind the wheel. That's right. And she took off and she, <laughs> apparently she was doing like spins and stuff. <laughs> and that was her statement. Yeah, good can, for her. Women can drive. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. And there's lots about her that was, you know, the, you know, the fact that she, you know, the people she met. The, the first time when she found out she was going to be queen, mm-hmm. the story is that she was on some tour and she got off the plane and there was Winston Churchill mm-hmm. saying, you know, young Liz, you're about to become our monarch. Um, the people that in history, the, the presidents, the, the diplomats, the statesmen, the, the monsters, you know, she lived through all of that. And, uh, you know, and, and then sort of where we started our anti-monarchy thing was around the time of you know all the scandals and charles and diana and camilla and but you know she's lived she outlived all of that she i mean she lived through it and prevailed that's so long ago now she had another 30 years after that happened mm-hmm. or 20 years whatever it is yeah she did um yeah the longevity is uh is remarkable and again, it was happenstance that she became queen at the age she did. Because, again, if her dad had lived, like, a normal long life, she probably would have maybe, what, been in her 40s? Yeah, and if her uh, uncle wanted to be king, it never right. would have gone to the brother. She, it wouldn't even have gone to their line. One thing you said there, and I'm sure not to, uh, to dispute what you said, but just to be clear, you said Winston Churchill said you're about to become the monarch yeah whatever it happens at death you know that i found that interesting too it's like there's some little ceremonial things but the moment she died her last breath charles became yeah yeah but i'm just saying yeah yeah. he she was apparently the story was she was met by churchill after he got off the plane and and gave her the news right that her father died yeah, I'm just pointing yeah, at yeah, like, okay. like a president or a prime yeah. minister where there's sort of a holding pattern or a in-between period before you're sworn in. Um, it happens at death. All right, Dan Duran, I know, why don't you just uh, come back in a few minutes with the news? I mean, this whole show has been uh, so rich <clears throat> with depth. Uh, there'll be lots more to go. Thank you, Daniel. All right. Dan Duran here. Yeah, I was uh, mentioned I was hanging out with Rudra. Taylor Rudra sneakily turned himself into a pretty fine golfer. Not that he wasn't a good player before, but I was really impressed. I've played with him a couple times this year, and I think he's just one of those guys in his whatever age he is, mid fifties or whatever. But he's just gotten just sort of better every year, and now he gets himself around a golf course, my friend. If you're thinking about going this year to maybe do some golf or 
hang out on the beach, wherever it is, Dominican, Costa Rica, Mexico. Get that, get that going. Make sure you got peace of mind when you travel. Surfing like a local with a tap of a button from a gig sky. GigSky offers you a 100% data plan. By the way, Ruger works for GigSky, in case you didn't know that. That's why I mentioned him. Maps, Uber, Instagram, all of that. And if you need a hotel, rental car, or just looking for something to do, GigSky Travel Rewards, how about that? Offers up to 50% cash back and over 850,000 hotels globally. Reduced rates for rental cars and theme park adventures directly from your GigSky account. Visit GigSky.com slash travel rewards. Sign in and do it. Download the app and enter the code HF2022. These are some of our finest friends at GigSky. $5 off your first plan and visit GigSky.com for more information. Uh, Bodog, uh, what, mm. Thursday night, the uh, Buffalo Bills were a two-and-a-half point pick over the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Well, they blew the doors off that, did they not? Winning by 21 points. Mm. The Monday nighter tonight. Another interesting game. The Denver Broncos go to Seattle. Russell Wilson, now the quarterback of the Denver Broncos, will play his old team, the Seattle Seahawks. And Denver is a seven-point pick there. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Yeah, I hadn't really seen, hadn't paid attention to any Prince Charles video for some time. And my first impression of him was that uh, he looks 75. You know, he's, he's a man in his mid-70s, which is 10 years older than you, five years older than my oldest brother. And I just wonder, you know, like... Just physiologically, and I think this about Biden, too, and, and Trump, Trump, Trump is such a fat tub of goo. It, it belies logic that he's still live, living, but I just think about men at that age in general, and it's like, how much energy do you have for kinging? Because I got, I got to imagine, you know, kinging around isn't, you know, it's a full schedule. I wonder if they'll drape Trump's coffin in uh, Big Mac wrappers. Maybe they <laughs> be great. By the way, speaking of that fat fuck, did you see all those that Fucker. video? Ah, that the videos. He can't even get that right. He's told Mr. President, "You fucking idiot." Yeah. She walks in front of you. you know, and, and here's the one funny thing. And I know it's going to sound old fashioned, but you know, usually you let the woman. Certainly a woman of an, that age, respect would just say she would walk first. But she, there's that video of him and her inspecting the royal guards, and she can't get around him because mm-hmm. he's such a doofus. He doesn't even have that. Like a child would know the queen goes first. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this video? It's hilariously awkward. No, but I, I wouldn't be surprised because, of course, it's always about him. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you hear his tweet? Did you see his tweet about uh, which? Yeah, no, I was looking for it. Did he bring he brought himself into it somehow? Well, I don't know did if this is fake or dad? not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't I can't just mm. I can't vouch for its complete efficacy. But there is a tweet that I saw where he says the queen privately knighted me, secretly knighted me. 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's because here's the funny thing about Trump. It's probably not real, but it could be. It could be. But, you know, honestly, I want to be so careful with that stuff because you see the stuff that Theron Fleury tweets and that Jamie Salel. Yeah, I know. Salet. It's all like so much of it is just wrong, proven wrong. Yes. Nonsense. And they just keep doing it. And it's like, I just don't want to be like that. I get it. And they and they you know they look straight in the camera and they write with confidence when they're it's just total misinformation and bullshit. Those those two people really need help. But anyway, um, Trump did not claim that Queen Elizabeth knighted him, but it's a funny story. Yeah, yeah. But you talk about scrutiny too. Yesterday, uh, so let me get the names right. Uh, William and Kate and uh, Harry and Meghan were together. Um, they came to pay their respects. Uh, I, I, I don't know where exactly. Okay. Um, but they were leaving and getting into a car. And Harry, it was noticed, was very mindful of Megan. Made sure she was sort of in front of him and made sure he opened the door for her and held her hand getting into the car. And William, just on the other hand, just it was like he was ignoring Kate. How dare he? Yeah, and that's what I mean. And the hustle and the bustle and what was going on and, you know, all the stress involved. But listen, Howard, it became a big story yesterday. Look at Harry. He respects women. He respects his wife. And William, is this our future king? Total disregard for it. <laughs> like, it's crazy. So that's what they have to look forward to. Funny. No, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. I, again, I know it's a silly television show, but I, I know, it's weird that I learned so much, or you, a person learns so much about the day to day life of, that those people have had to lead. And oftentimes, those of us that don't have millions of dollars wonder what it would be like to have it. But I honestly, I, I wouldn't want that that job. Wouldn't want to be in that family. Well, even watch, watching. Downton Abbey it's and then thinking of the like literally the term money is no object is true because you, when you're in that if you're the kid there would never be monetary tr- transactions you know what I mean no I know <laughs> you know it wouldn't be like you because anything you want it's it's just there it's just part of the system and yet, you know, be it vehicles and travel and all those things, it's not. There's, there's really would never be a monetary transaction in your life, it and with just be there, and with the ability to have anything you want, it turns out, you know, listening and hearing stories about what she chose to do, she, you know, through her life, her biggest joys were being in, you know, in Scotland at that castle, mm-hmm. hanging out in the nature. Loving her dogs, tr- loved to drive around, like all simple things. And I was, what I'm getting at is, I there was a, I heard an interview with uh, one of her private chefs, and she just basically ate very simple food four times a day. You know, she had her three meals and tea, and then, but she had to approve all the menus. It wasn't like, you know, and, and you know what the one ingredient that this chef says she didn't like? What garlic? Oh, really? Yeah, she felt that it. Uh, it was uh, uh, not good for social interaction, and she didn't want, I guess, people walking away going, oh, it was lovely meeting the queen, but man, her breath was all garlicky. 
having said that, quickly, a little side story. Saturday night, me and my suite, we went and had dinner on the patio at the Copper Kettle in, um, you know, close to Georgetown there. Nice. Um, and they had this, it was sort of like a mushroom medley, and it came with roasted garlic cloves. Mm. And you know that if you cook them to a certain... Yep degree they're they're so delicious but they don't leave a smell on yeah you. once they get a little bit squishy oh man howard it was outstanding so you know there's my garlic story because you brought up garlic but it was no just, no seriously it was, it was a good so one. good it was just so good you know dan duran i can't, I can't wait for you to garlic. tell it again <laughs> dan duran has cooked us garlic that yes. way right remember yeah, when you were up in july and uh-huh. it's just so it's just so good. Maybe the queen should have tried it that way. Well, you know, it's funny. Speaking of that, there was a period of time, uh, ex-wife Randy and I, and I think a lot of people went through this in the 90s. We had a little garlic bake thing, a little garlic ceramic garlic okay. baker. Did you ever have yeah. this? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, everyone had them. And then you put it in the oven, it gets all squishy, and you make like, you put it out in the uh, charcuterie board, and you, you smooth it on some cracker. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, but... Yeah, simple. Uh, there was a lot to that life that uh, was simple. And again, you know, when they talk about Harry, and I understand that kid. You know, they as you know, as the monarchy evolves and the world evolves, for a young fella, you know, to actually have the balls to go, you know, it's not really the life I want. Mm-hmm. You got to respect that, yeah, don't you? I think so. Like, you know, he's not William. Like, you know, he's not, you know, William's kids are closer to the throne than, like, if William became king or king and then was killed in an accident or something and his kid was 10 years old, he becomes king, right? Yeah. Uh, there's got to be some provision. No, but, that, but yeah, that's why I say the, the, the succession yeah. is a weird thing. And Harry isn't even, it'll never oh. get to Harry. Right. So what is so he now, hanging around for? You know, in 2022, he looks at the landscape and the world, what his interests are, and it's like, what's not for me? I respect that. Another thing I respect is the fact that uh, Rogers jumped in and got Lisa LaFleur. Yes. <laughs> there and cover it. That was a big, I'll tell you what, that was, yeah. a, and I was around golfers all weekend long. I know you find that hard to believe, but that story, I heard mm-hmm. a couple of guys say that because, you know, I'm in the media. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, did you hear uh, Lisa LaFlamme got hired? I'm like, yeah, isn't that wild? Yes. But the question that was asked to me, but I'm going to now relay to you, because mm. I didn't look it up. I was too lazy. Is is that a permanent thing or is that just to cover this uh, event? I think so. Which one? I think for now, that's it. What? She's- a temporary assignment? Yes. yes. They've hired her to cover this for the next week or so through the funeral. Yeah. After that. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I thought, geez, you know, what we've been through, I'm thinking, well, she was just let go by Bell. You'd think there would be some severance non-compete yeah, thing. Too, but that's what I thought. Obviously not. I think the last thing Bell wants to do is uh, get into any more of a shit fight with Lisa LaFlamme because I, I, again, we had this discussions on the weekend. I said, you know, I've, re- I've been around this business a long time and I have rarely seen a company get so universally bitch slapped for letting one of their personalities go. 
you know, yeah. we've been in a few situations where people wrote a few letters. Hey, why didn't you bring Humbling Fred back? But not, not like this. Dove, Wendy's, like it's a, it was a shitstorm for these guys. Well, last I heard, there's a petition with a quarter million signatures on it. Or <laughs> a, a quarter million responses demanding that CTV bring back Lisa LaFlamme. How do you think that makes that Omar guy feel better, uh, too? Like, I, yeah. has he started yet or he starts soon or whatever? But what a way to start a job. Yeah, it's a tough climb for him, for sure. There, was, there is precedent, though, somewhat, for bringing her back. And, I, and I'm thinking of Aaron... Davies, Davis, Aaron Davies, mm-hmm. Aaron, Davis. Aaron Davis, Jesus, yeah. at us, uh, you know, uh, Julie Adam let her go mm-hmm. and then had the uh, sort of, you know, the brainstorm to bring her back. I think uh, there's any part of CTV is like, all right, maybe we made a mistake. And remember back uh, at the turn of the century, the Ron McClain controversy. Remember, it was flying around that he was done. And the backlash was so huge that it was quickly forgotten. I don't remember that. I will say this, that the backlash that I hear amongst the guys that are big hockey guys in my circle, he's not as well thought of as I think he once was. I freaking love the guy, but uh, I don't really watch enough of him. I think some of the luster of the Ron McLean era is starting to wane. Am I wrong? Again, Howie, I think it's demographics. Yeah. I think us older guys, the guys you're talking about, are they younger? Yeah. Yeah. They're there's younger just than a whole us. different spin on broadcasting now. And it's, yeah, I get it. Um, and I think, it, I, I, honestly, I really think that explains it. Guys like us sort of don't want to let go to that tradition. And mm-hmm. younger people are going like, really? Yeah. So I can see to a 40 something or a 30 something that Ron McClain's kind of hokey. But I'm such a fan of his, uh, him as a broadcaster and as a person, but I'm 60,000 years old. Hey, speaking of broadcasters, again, I didn't want to overtext you. And now that I look at our exchange, I really was pretty judicious. I wasn't going, you know, because some guys during golf with me will like every shot text me about something. And, and I have this one person, it's actually a, a female uh, golf fan that I'm friends with who just once she starts, she just won't stop. And I always make excuses like that. Um, listen, I just got to get going. I'm not going to watch them. I've taped it. But I watched uh, the Bills on Thursday night, and I like Mike Tirico. That was another thing I was going to text you. Man, Mike Tirico does a lot of golf stuff, but he is so good at that job. He's mm-hmm. I, I forget sometimes, because on golf, he's more of a, of a commentator versus the play-by-play guy, although he does some of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I had forgotten how good he is at that football play-by-play. The other guy with him, though, I wasn't sure who he was. Singletary or something was his name, or Quizen Echeverry. Am I getting close? You know what? That's interesting because that that was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I, it's it's a version of that name, Echeverry, Singletary, something like that. But uh, and then not that he wasn't great. I just didn't know. I wasn't sure who he was. But as soon as I hear, I'll tell you, I'm such a fan of Tariko and his voice. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. And he's good at golf, too. He's like Nance. He's sort of good at all that stuff. Nance is amazing at football. He's the best in golf mm-hmm. in terms of what he does, hosting and then, and then play calling. But, yeah, I'd forgotten how good Mike Tariko is. 
was Chris Collinsworth, wasn't it? Is that it? who it is? Chris Collinsworth. It's not Etcheverry's yeah. news to Barry. And Who's Chris Collinsworth? He's a former uh, player. Okay. He's a receiver with the Cincinnati Bengals. And there was a little controversy yesterday because uh, his voice sort of gave out on him during the game last night. He does Sunday Night Football, too. Um, small little story I was just reading this morning. Interesting. You talk about real time, eh? where we're at now during the game nbc was getting all sorts of tweets about what's wrong with this guy what's wrong (laughs) but um yep well good for lisa laflamme i mean she gets to look in that camera from london and sort of have a little smirk and she's earned it somebody mentioned Mm -hmm. and maybe it was a woman who said this to me do you think that her hair looks grayer like she's like made it grayer. I said, I, I don't think so. I, I think she looks great though. She really mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. She's so attractive and so good. I watched a couple of the little hits that she did from uh, there. And it's just like, and again, and the whole, even if it's just temporary, as you say, it's a little bit of a shot at CTV. Like this is what you just lost. You nincompoops. Yeah. It does. Unless she was an absolute witch, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Why would you give that up? Why wouldn't you just ride that while you could? Like you did with all the old fart guys. Yeah. That's such a bullshit. You know, like I said to you when it happened, Lloyd Robertson's face was falling off his head. Mm-hmm. And they kept him in that chair till he was in his mid-70s. Yeah. Um, shall, listen, I don't really... I mean, when we talk to Jackie tomorrow, Jackie Budden, is, uh, she works in the Senate. Jackie Delaney was uh, her other name. I mean, we can talk more Pierre Polyevra. A couple of guys yesterday, guys that I would have thought were conservative, were like sort of okay with him. I wish I'd like to carve out a minute or two for a little bit of you explaining to me what your thoughts are and why this particular conservative leader, who outside of the Freedom Rally Association, a lot of what he is saying, and I, I read some stuff this morning just seems like a lot of other conservative leaders from the past. Small government, you know, they're saying all the things that Harper would have said after years of a tired uh, Jean Chrétien government. So now your Listen, turn. When you're not in power, you can promise the world. Exactly. So when I read that stuff, to me, that's, you know, it's even, you know, when you talk about Trump and Biden, U.S. politics, same with Canadian politics. The politics, the actual politics is just this mishmash in the middle that never really seems to get us anywhere, no matter who is in charge. Do you not agree? Please. There's just, it's just... Of course I agree. It's just politics. Yeah. And everybody claims they can do this and that, and they do some, and they don't do other stuff. And in the end, it's like, are we really that far ahead? Usually, no. To me, it's the premier. What matters now is on the outside. It's the decency of it all. And that's where, obviously, Trump lost me and so many. And i just concerned about Pierre Polyev that way as well. I don't like the company he kept through his campaign to become mm-hmm. leader. I just don't. It stinks to me. It makes me very uncomfortable. And again, I, you know, we can ask Tony. We can ask uh, Jackie. I still didn't see him respond to the, you know, that asshole that attacked uh what's her head freeland right oh the guy in alberta verbally attacked her in the elevator yes was he a freeland so that kind of thing bothers me and you know even when you're 
reading the results of, of Saturday night when he was elected leader, it's all prefaced with, you know, he, his, he ran on a platform of freedom and hope. Well, the word freedom just makes my blood curl. I know. And, and I don't want to hear that because we are free. Don't tell me we're not free. Look around this world. And you and I have been around long enough to know. I'm, I'm no less free than I was when I was 16, let alone 66. I'm not. And again, a lot of it's tied to, you know, the vaccine and the lockdowns and everything. And we've been over it a million times. What else were they going to do with a brand new pandemic and nobody had the answer for it? Of course, you had to overreact. You had to overcompensate to protect society. And to me, that's the end of the story there. So this freedom, I, I, what is it? And I want to know, because to me, it's a dog whistle. Okay. Know. Well, and, know? So. And, and I hate to, not that I want to be the guy defending Pierre Polyev. Right. I oh, just I think a lot of, well, well uh, here's how I see it. Yes, that aggravated me, the freedom rally. And, I, and back in January, February, I'm on board. It all seemed nonsense. And again, it was a pushback against a government happened to be liberal. And it would have been interesting, actually. Let me just pause for a second. Would have been interesting if we had had a conservative government in place and Harper was in charge or whoever was in charge. I wonder what the uprising of Canadians would be. I happen to think it would be pretty similar. I do, too. I, I don't think that if we have a conservative government in January that people from Alberta wouldn't have come across the country. <laughs> and I also happen to think, and I don't have this fact, but I'm pretty sure what we did as a country would have been the playbook that the conservatives would have enacted as well. There's because because of what you said, which I, by the way, have said to you in other ter- I, I've said to you in other ways. I said when when governments are elected, there's a narrow airspace they all exist in there's not a whole lot of room in there because the country has to run and you can't make radical he's, he's talking about uh firing the bank of canada governor he's not going to do that he's just these are just sh- but remember back now continuing what i was gonna say there's just shit they say to get elected and we even said the same thing about trump well now that he's elected maybe he'll just be a regular give the guy a chance yeah. and give the guy a chance mm-hmm. that dog whistling stuff you know, I, I, it disappoints me that he didn't call it out and didn't, you know, acknowledge that Freelander was attacked. That part bugs me, sure. But as a guy that might want to vote conservative, you know, it's going to take a, a bit more for me to be scared off the guy. And I know, does that sound naive? Maybe. But I know one thing in a couple of years, I cannot see us going forward with another liberal government. So we're going to have to figure something out. Well, that's the dilemma. And uh, I know half a dozen guys that I know off the top that would have voted conservative last election that don't like this guy. And, you know, maybe, listen, it might come down to holding your nose and voting for him. But listen, you talk about how the, the convoy may have been handled by Harper already with Poliev. You know, that far right fringe, they don't like him now. They think he was a phony through the campaign. Of course. He was saying what they wanted to hear. And now they're saying, you know, he's just, he's going to be like the rest of them. He's going to be a mainstream guy. And now that he's the leader, he's going to abandon us. And this whole freedom thing and our, you know, our rights will continue to be taken away. All he did was throw some red meat at the base. And now that he's elected, he's gone. We've lost him. So that started already. 
Which is great. I mean, here, it, uh, but I, and I'm looking at some of his platform, and again, just taking the far right, one party Canada nonsense aside, he promised. Here's what he promised: lower taxes, cut funding for cities that fail to build more housing, eliminate the carbon tax, and build more pipelines. It's pretty much, and Tony can back this up from the conservative playbook. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, I can tell you there if we could go back 20 years. When Stephen Harper emerged, you know, it was all the same thing whirling around him, far right conservatives, the fringe elements of the party, the Western Canadian Stockwell Day element, all that stuff. The only difference is now that this freedom cry rose up during the pandemic and he sort of latched onto it. But his actual policies aren't much different than other conservatives of the past, is well, my point. Yeah. And my, my discomfort is, and you know, is the do I want to be part of that club? Do I want to be part of a club that has those members mm-hmm. is part of it. But, you know, I may be naive. Those members always maybe were part of the club. But mm-hmm. in this world we live in now of social media, they're heard. I'm more aware of those members than I was, say, when Harper was elected. Agreed. I'm willing to. I'm willing to admit that. So part of it, you know, might be my own naivety. But you know, here it is again, 2022. He's the leader. Uh, traditionally, I've been a conservative voter, so he's got to win me over between now and the election. So you know, give me what you got, and then on election day, I'll decide what else can you do. I'm not saying I'm voting for him yet. I'm just saying, like, and because and, and there's a lot of, like, fuckery around it, you know, these freedom rally people with their Nazi flags and their anti-Semitism. I'm not really comfortable with that. And and I can tell you that the next election will come around, and I might not vote either conservative mm-hmm. or liberal, because I, I got to be honest with you, I'm done with the whole liberal mechanism and but it's it's so cyclical in canada harper yeah. ruled for x number of years before that it was Chrétien, and after that it's trudeau and then after him it'll be this guy and you know overall our country kind of hums along with not radical although we do have a couple of instances a pretty radical change same-sex marriage marijuana mm-hmm. legalization we do take those steps but generally you know, we protect health care. We, we try and do well for the elderly. I mean, you know, it's pretty much, a, the, you know, the Canadian po- political handbook is fairly similar party to party. And I got to watch what I say here because I don't want to be part of that fringe that just hammers away at the media because the hypocrisy sometimes. Again, I'll use Theron Flurry. He's always talking about the mainstream media and not telling the truth. And then he'll post stuff that's completely <laughs> it's bananas. Yeah. Like, you know, the, again, the guy needs help. What I will say, my observations over the past several years, two or three decades, is when it comes to the media, you know, when when Stephen Harper was prime minister, to me, he got unfair criticism. And during the Trudeau era, he gets unfair accolades to me absolutely i think that really comes from generally the media media's got a a tough job to do and of course they can't be flawless and people within the media are going to have certain leanings i understand all that but generally that that bothered me over the past couple of decades 
because it's not really fair. And going forward, you know, is Pierre Poliev going to get a fair shot from the media? Again, we'll see. But it's up to us to determine that. You know, yeah. you just you just can't believe everything you read now. You just cannot, especially online. So we've all got work to do. And and whatever you know, you think about our the new leader of the Conservative Party. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. As bad as we thought Trump was going to be in the fall of 2016 on mm-hmm. this program, both of us were going, OK, well, mm-hmm. maybe when he gets elected, he'll be. And now it turned out we were wrong and no right. one could have predicted what kind of lunatic he was. But this Pierre Polyev guy has been around. You know, he served with Harper. He's been around government for 20 years, even though he's only 43 He's been in this game a long time. He has a lot of people on the other side of the aisle admire his parliamentary skill. He was considered a, you know, a real attack dog for the conservatives. Like he did what he was trained to do. Um, and I can only imagine, again, I can't believe I'm making a case for the conservatives, but I can only imagine those people in that party are aware of that other fringy element, but still think he's the guy. You know, he got... He got more votes than any other conservative leader in history in terms of being elected provinces uh, mm-hmm. and delegates. There was 400,000 people that cast. It wasn't even close for Sheree. It was no, way it was behind. It was the perfect uh, storm of times and opposition. And won't it be ironic? Because even when Trudeau was elected uh, the first time, I thought, you know, this might be good for the next generation. Maybe this is a guy Mm -hmm. that can tackle the problems of the kids behind us, what they have to go through. Because the world's changed, you know, housing prices and energy prices and wages haven't gone up that much. And it's, you know, it's now the new, you know, the gig society where people aren't getting pensions and benefits. And Mm -hmm. maybe he's the guy. Well, he did fuck all for them. If anything, he put them behind the eight ball even more. Wouldn't it be ironic if this 43-year-old Pierre Polia answers the call for the next generation? Yeah. Because he can run. He's only 40. Listen, my daughter's 40. He's 43. He's going to be able to relate to that generation. Maybe he'll do what Trudeau failed to do. And I'll tell you this, the idea of housing and the dream of owning a home or real estate or having some piece of it all. Mm-hmm. is uh, very much top of mind for the generation behind Melanie, Charlie mm-hmm. Glassman. Sure. Uh, yeah. That's something that comes up. We, we had a talk about it on the weekend about, mm-hmm. you know, she's investing some of her money. She's not sure she's ever going to be able to get a house, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's, a, it's certainly more of a concern for that age group than it is for us. And I think for more so than it even was for us when we were that age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to politics and the price of housing, there's only so much a politician can do. Because let's face it, what do you do? Well, yeah, there. You know, when you take the percentage of our wages and what we had to buy, you know, the average person, don't say even us, the average person, what they earned and to buy a home, the percentage of their wages, you know, 20 years ago. Well, that's just the doors have been blown off that. What can a government do about that? Yeah, well, Seriously. exactly. I mean, the marketplace is the marketplace. There's a, you know, I saw something recently that compared the percentage of a CEO's salary versus their typical worker, (laughs) where it used to be 40 times that person. It's now 4,000 times that person. But the person (laughs) at the bottom of that equation still has to live somewhere. 
And and that's a big issue. I mean, you know, more and more I have the feeling that my kids, at least one of them, you know, they're that renting is going to be part of their lives a lot longer than it was part of our lives. Oh, without a doubt. You know, but I was later I was late to the party that I'm later than you. I didn't buy my first home. Mm-hmm. My first little tiny house there in, you know, Windermere and Bloor until I was uh, my early 30s, 33. Mm-hmm. You know, you were unusual. You were in your 20s, but you were one of the few people I knew. Certainly, I at that point in my life, all the people I knew were stand-up comics. They weren't buying fucking houses, and very few radio well, people were. Yeah, I bought mine first at 26. Yeah. Well, that's not the norm. It just made sense. No, no, no. I know it wasn't. Although I did do one thing early that a bunch of my peer group didn't do until later is I put money in an RSP in my early 20s because I didn't work for the radio station. I didn't have a pension. And I was sort of scared by, well, I better put. So I bought RSPs like at 23, 24 and 25. Which was a good thing to do if you don't know about the RSPs. Uh, Dan Duran's coming back here in a second, but first let's talk a little bit about that angel that is the retirement Sherpa. Well, you mentioned RSPs. I mean, Tim, spend some time with him and he'll explain it all to you, the value of them, uh, you know, right down to how to purchase them, what to purchase, how it will fit with your, you know, your plan for future wealth your retirement i mean listen it's a complex world it really is when it comes to investing you need a guy you know a guy like tim a calm cool collected fella to explain it all and he's more than happy even if you have an existing policy or a portfolio and you want somebody to have a second look he's your guy he's a portfolio manager raymond james a member of the canadian investors protection fund tim niblet is your guy RetirementSherpa.ca. Yeah, he was actually talking about RESPs last week. Valuable. Yep. Go back and listen to that episode if you've got kids, because I know it's a huge benefit for us and our family, and it will be for you. Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca is uh, how you get a hold of him. Now, of course, uh, Dan Duran's news standing by, but first this important Cursing message. again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. <sighs> You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Yesterday, a uh, significant day in history. The uh, 21st anniversary of 9-11. Dan, were you aware of that yesterday? Did you... uh Mark that day. Uh, I was aware of it. I didn't uh, really do anything but think about it. Yeah. Where I know where I, I'm never, maybe I've asked you this before. Where were you on that day in uh, September of 20, of 2001? I was in my basement watching it on uh, on the big screen television that I had down there with my neighbor. You, were you Molly. living on the farm or uh, were you still in the city? I was still in the city. And my neighbor Molly, uh, Mike Catrice, and his wife Molly. Molly was. Uh, we just sort of sat down and watched the whole thing in horror. What, what was what was Molly doing over there at nine in the morning? <laughs> Molly, she was next door. We heard. No, about I know, it, but and, like, I, and, and she was just there. What her and husband was, and your wife had gone to work, and you're like, "Hey, Molly, it's time for our." Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's time for a little coffee. Little, coffee, little coffee and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're lucky a plane didn't hit your, your tower. Twin I knew I was going there. I was what? going there. I was going to say, what? one of the towers is down, but mine is still standing. 
That's right. <laughs> from the hands laying on his back in a plane from the island airport. Bang, right into it. That's right. At first, we didn't know what it was. A small plane has crashed into Dan Duran's wiener. We wow. can't ever have a conversation. We can't. We can't. We simply cannot. So, because uh, Fred and I, of course, it's, you know, we've told it till it's legendary. We were working at uh, Mojo Radio and the... Mm-hmm. First person that told us something was wrong was Evelyn Mako. We've told that story. But I, I, I do remember uh, that morning how strangely quiet the skies were. And I also remember that couple of days we had, you know, young children. Charlie at that time would have been seven. Spencer would have been three. But I remember thinking, what am I going to tell these kids? Because, you know, we didn't know. And, you know, are we all going to be under attack? Are there more coming? It was just one of those moments, and you and you also knew it that day on 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 that day, and then the days after, you knew you were living through, you know, something historic, much like we're doing now. By the way, like you and I and Freddie might live. Well, we hopefully will live long enough to see the end of King Charles' reign, but we 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 lived our entire lives through the reign of Queen Elizabeth II. That's a pretty historical thing that is happening right now. But on that day and. 2001. I remember thinking that, thinking this is pretty, this is pretty incredible. Uh, quickly, an interesting thing my mother-in-law said yesterday. She's with us for a few days. Cause, and then know, she's gone after that? She's, she's leaving the earth? What is she? No, no. Okay. Anyway, so everybody kept pounding away. 70 years, it's the only queen we've known. And she made that point yesterday. She says, now I've seen three. Because she saw King George, Queen Elizabeth, and now King Charles. Wow. And you have to obviously be of a certain age to make that claim, right? And and, and consciously aware, not like a, a, a child, of, like, you know, in 1950, mm-hmm. she was like 20 years old or whatever it was. But I heard a weird stat, and I'm going to get it wrong, but help me through this. I heard that Queen Elizabeth lived through basically like 80% of the people in the U.K., were born during her reign. And I thought, that's... Because where were the other 20? Were they Living like, people, you mean? Uh, of all the people in the UK now, 80% oh. of them were created during I the time that. that she was queen. I could see. That. I guess. Because all the people... like, how, But I thought 20% are, are older than that? That seems... That part seemed a bit cockeyed to me. You think... You think there more, you'd, be more than that? Less. You'd think like 90% of the people. Like, like how many people can there be that were born before she was... Well, that's 1952. Did she become queen? I, I thought she became queen in the 40s. Okay, so oh, I see. Right. Oh, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a 20% were born before, before 1952. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I told you I needed some help with that. Uh, but back uh, again... Um, to nine eleven, probably, you know, it was horrible um, during those few days. And again, not knowing and seeing what, especially the you know the uh, first responders went through. I mean, it was horrifying, and it became disturbing a few years after that for me too when a good friend of mine got into all these conspiracy things and wouldn't get away from these videos about 
conspiracies and what really happened on that day. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that, <laughs> that guy. Remember that guy. That lost guy lost his mind. <laughs> that guy. But see, I used to think that was fun. Now I think. See, I look back. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm on, glad I ahead. did, too. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, because I remember you, because it and I couldn't really argue, too, because I've always been into the JFK conspiracy thing, yes. which is a lot easier to get your head around. Because, you know, that was just a simple assassination. This thing, um, with you sort of being obsessed and telling me to go to these sites and watch it and tell me that that wasn't more <laughs> to this. And now here we are. And, and again, with all the conspiracy theorists, when it I comes know. to well, you know, the vaccine and everything, it's like, yeah, that was sort of Howie a few years ago. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. I admit that. And, and you notice that ever since the other, the uh, the real conspiracies have popped up, I've I've let 9-11 lie, but I still have questions. I still have a lot of questions around that. I have a lot oh, of questions. Listen, there are questions. Of course there are. There always will be. Um. I don't have the energy right now because we've got to wrap up, but I'll, I'll tell you, there's, I just read some more Donald Trump stuff from those days. Donald Trump claimed that he had hundreds of workers helping clean up. No one can find one of them. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump also claimed that from his office he could see into New Jersey and there was a bunch of Muslims dancing in the street. Also mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, he, you know, Donald Trump, again, I've read some books, has been involved in scamming and lying forever forever mm-hmm. you know one of the things another donald trump thing around 9-11 you know right away there's all this evidence where he was telling people well now i have the tallest building in the manhattan like it, literally his first reaction was now that those two towers dropped his was mm-hmm. the tallest building in that area like he's been a bad guy forever yeah, no dispute. He is. And yeah, and it's when you think that, you know, the size of that, uh, the si- the number of people in that country that still follow along. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's I know it's hard to believe. And, uh, and again, that's another thing that bothers me about the PP stuff, the Pierre Polyev stuff, because the, the profile of that, those people, you know, the far right followers of him. Mm hmm. Well, they mirror the whack jobs that love Trump. That disturbs me as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree, but I think that the main character, like Trump's personality of grifting and scamming and lying is different mm-hmm. than the guys we have up here. That's Quickly, all. last week, Dahl and I are in, in Guelph. We're on this little country road just south of Guelph. And then I'm slowing down to look at this house. It looked interesting. And then all of a sudden, me, this guy pulls out. I hear a honk, and then he pulls out beside me, and the gravel and the dust are flying. And it's a pickup truck with the big tires. And in the, in the bed of the truck, there's a Canadian flag and an American flag. And across his tailgate, it said, freedom. Yeah, man. And, and I'm thinking, in Canada, in Ontario, on this peaceful day, on the, in this peaceful area, like, what the fuck is his deal? I mean, seriously. And I said to Don, I said, if I could catch up to him and say, can we have a talk? And I've said this many mm-hmm. times. And then talk to him about the fucking issues. He'd have no idea what the fuck he was talking about. No, but it's just disturbing. And again, that's just a guy that's seeing that out of the States and thinking, I like the look of that. Mm-hmm. And does it. Anyway. No, you're completely right. 
And that's why there's a bit of a stink on the peepee. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's very good. There's, where's, that, good where's that peepee been? Yeah, where's yeah. that song? There's a stink on the peepee, and I know it's all about the far right, and we go freedom. There's a stink on the peepee. Um, Dan Duran. Yeah. Are you uh, in an emotional place? To share. To share. Yes, I am. Okay, so Dan. is this the time we're going to do the news? Or we yeah, I think so. I think no, no. I think we're ready. I think we're ready to uh, sing along with the song. No, here's to a fella named Dan Duran. All right, let's all try to do our parts now. Wine, Here we go. Quintessential <clears throat> anchor man. His voice is nice and low. <gasps> Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a gunman from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes rumbling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. No, too much. It's too nice and low. I'm going to transcript the words. It's easy, but is there a problem, Dan, in that we can't sync up? Is because of this? Is that because of Zoom? Well, I don't. Is it not syncing? Yeah, we can't quite sync up. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll figure that. Delay. Yeah. There's a bit of a delay. I backed off about half. No, you were great. I don't know the words. I want the words in front of me. I want the transcript. Transcribe the words. It's pretty simple. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, and his voice is nice and low. And the other part, I don't know. Uh, second verse. Dan Duran, okay. he falls off chairs. He doesn't give a shit, and he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, and now live from Lakeside, the- taking time away from his uh, rehearsals. He's going to tread the boards. He's going to be a thespian's weekend. Here's Dan Duran. Now, King Charles doesn't have to pay the 40% inheritance tax on the Queen's private estate, which is worth more than $750 million. Now, this is because of a rule that was passed in 93 to protect the royal family assets in the event of a, a multiple sudden deaths. So King Charles doesn't have to pay that. Uh, and also, uh, there's his son, William. He gets a billion-dollar estate inherited because he, it's in, I guess it passes from you know prince to prince or whatever. Mm. Uh, the Duchy of Cornwall estate. Duchy. Valued. <laughs> the Duchy? Past the Duchy. <laughs> On the left-hand side. Past the right? Duchy, man. <laughs> duchy. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so there's all this inheritance that everybody else has to pay that they don't. Anything over 350,000 pounds, um, or 325, I think, the uh, normal people have don't have to pay on the first 325,000 pounds. See, see, there's the thing that aggravates me, because the people that make 325,000 pounds or inherit that much, yeah. giving they up to 40% pay. hurts them a lot more. Yeah. Than King Charles giving up forty percent of how many billion? Like, mm-hmm. how do you look at the people and tell them that? Bullshit! Bullshit! And the only uh, well uh, saving grace to all this is that the Queen has been voluntarily paying income and capital gains taxes on the estates uh, since nineteen ninety three, and so has Charles, and it's expected that he will follow suit as well. Chucky. Uh, uh, with their estates, but the but the inheritance tax is something that, that they're obviously going to you know not pay. Checky, pass the duchy, checky, checky. Oh, yeah. But anyway, it doesn't matter anyway. It's like yeah, 
Like you're King Charles and you say, oh, you know, those no, new Lamborghinis are nice. I would like one. And it's there the next day. Like, Yeah, but he wouldn't. That's the thing about it. if you've had all that wealth your whole life, right. it's not like like think something about fantasizing or dreaming about if you had all the money. Mm-hmm. It's because because now you couldn't have a Lamborghini. And of course, if you all of a sudden you won mm-hmm. the lottery at 100 million, you go, hey, I think I'm going to go get a Lamborghini today. Hey, cool. I'll come with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just that uh, those people are so used to being rich for so long, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to relate to that, mm-hmm. I think. But then I'm just one simple man. <laughs> oh, you're very simple. <laughs> I'm so simple. I don't know where Being really. rich is a lot of work, though. I mean, you got to manage that money somehow. Or get people yeah. to manage it for you, but that's a lot of work. I mean, you still have to talk to people about, you know, how much money you've got, and then you worry about the you know, everything. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a walk of the park having a lot of money. And regardless of your income level or your personal wealth, if you can just sit there on any given moment of any given day and say, am I happy? Am I generally happy? That's all really that matters, right? Well, that's exactly what There are people that just get by and they're fucking happy, man. I don't understand it. <laughs> what do you? What do you and think? There's the, people with staggering wealth that just are not happy. Yeah. What do you? What do you think the uh, the rich person? Uh, well, what, what do you think? What for you? What would be that threshold for you know just enough money to to be happy? What do you think it is? Is it a million? Two million? Ten? I don't know because because to me now at my age and that's a great question because I think it's a demographic thing as well. Because at my age, I have, like I'm happy. I got everything I want. Anything I any wealth that I would come into, I would I would I would find great joy in giving it to my kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. That really. <clears throat> I mean, I don't. Yeah. By the way, do you have a plan? Because I we've had this conversation. I have a lottery plan. Depending on the amount I won or right. I came into, how many levels deep? You know, obviously family first, but then do you take care of? your sister and brother and their families do then go to the next level do you take care of dan duran and myself like are we in are we in it all depends on how much i that's what i I mean i think the key thing but it's very difficult in canada would be to keep it a secret yes of course because i think a lot of the pressure comes from (laughs) all of a sudden if i we've said this before i can go out and earn 10 million earn it through opening a business, a company, or whatever, right. and nobody would expect the dime. Of course. Win it, and the attitude's completely different. Uh, Dan Duran, what is that? Is that number, uh, is there a number for you that would increase your happy? And I know you're a happy person generally. Like, would that, is there a number that would give you some nice peace of mind, take care of some bills you might? Again, I don't know your business, but let's say there were some bills you had to pay. You know, is there a number you'd be like, oh, if I just won $6 million or $4 million, what would that be? Uh, you know, probably uh, two to four in that area. All right. I'd be, I'd be happy enough. You know what would, would make me really happy at this point in my life? That if I could make sure, if I knew my two grandkids were going to be fine for the rest of the life. I don't mean rich, but I had enough to make sure that I knew they were going to own a home and you yeah. know, just have the things that they need to live a comfortable life. That would give me great joy. And what would that be? Well, Four to five million yeah, I don't know. I was, was going to say for me, winning 60 million would be, this is going to sound strange, would be great. But I think that would come with it. That would come with, to your point about 
mm-hmm. then everyone's going to want a piece or expect it because I didn't earn it. I just was given it. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I think, a lot of money. Like, I, I was thinking about this the other day for some reason about how much would I want to give my kids and how much do you give them so that they're still, they, how, that they still have to work and be productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. the number is somewhere between six and 10 million. I'm talking about a, a lottery win. Right. But as far as the number for me personally, like I'm the same, like I don't really have a lot of things that I am that I don't have that I really want. Like, you know, would I like to own an airplane again someday? Yeah, but not it's not burning passion anymore. But I'll tell you, if I won 60 million, I'd be buying a nice airplane that we could all pop around in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, here's think it was, I think it was the way we were brought up, too. Very practical. It's like, you know, my dad never really had a new car, and I've never been a guy like, oh, I want a new car. The car I drove was some kind of a statement on my life, or I felt that I should be. I, I, I can't explain that. And I always could. I could right now if I wanted, but I don't, because it, to me, it's not practical. Yeah. And I talk, you know, Delise is always on me. Get a new boat. Get me, why do I want? Why do I want to go get a brand new boat to use it once every six days? Like maybe you should get over that, or you should be a little kinder to yourself. But mm-hmm. I think the way I was brought up, if it's not really needed, why have it? No, exactly. Um, to your to your point earlier, Fred, mm-hmm. of making sure that your grandchildren uh, have a comfortable life. Mm-hmm. How much money would that be? Don't know. Before it, no, before it, it robs them of their incentive. Own yeah, well, that's a that's a problem. To, uh, whatever you know. No, I get it. I get it. You're right. See, this displays the complexity of windfalls. Well, that's what I'm saying. I said the same thing about Charlie and Spencer. Like, uh, let's say I won fifty million dollars and I gave them each five million in a trust and blah blah blah. But they would know that they'd never have to worry about money again in their lives. And then, what does that do to a twenty four and a twenty? You know, eight-year-old. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I used to mock the fact that it seemed all the lottery winners were, like, super old. And I'd be like, what's the point? But actually, it's probably a better time in your life to get it now because you'd be, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be running out and going crazy. And you could f- somehow methodically put it in a series of trusts that don't come to age until your children are a little bit older. Yes. For that very reason. Or I thought, you know, the grandkids, I could go and buy a couple of homes somewhere and rent them out for the next several or the next couple of decades. And when they're in a position, you know, to buy their first home, just at least give them that. Sure. They still have to work to support it and pay the taxes and all those things. But (laughs) just to give them that step up, that hand up would be nice to know. That's uh, I just want um, everyone to be taken care of and then enough money left over so I can go on a world worldwide fuck rampage. (laughs) 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 Okay, Dan, I think we're going to leave things alone now. All right. Uh, That's what Doll would say to me. I'd win all that money. She'd say, Fred, I got an idea. Why don't you take the next three or four months and go on a fuck rampage? Yeah. (laughs) I think that would be great. Just get it out of your system. Uh, It'll be fine. I'll miss you. But go ahead. Get it. Go ahead. (laughs) Fred, understand that Howie's going on a worldwide fuck rampage. If you want to go with him, I understand. (laughs) Just uh, be safe. Use use protection. And have Believe fun. me, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be <laughs> That's fine. right. You know, you and I are you and I are like <laughs> some whores in Amsterdam. She's at winners. 
All right, kids. Your prop, whatever spins your prop. Exactly. Be happy. Uh, everyone has to be happy. All right, and we uh, finished by saying again, we're sorry. The queen is dead. Long live the king. Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. You can email us, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and stay tuned for upcoming H&F family sing-alongs for my news theme. And as always, as Howard says, just the odd ones are giant fuckheads. in the towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?